then I got the job and then I'm like, wait, I get to pay to help women like as my job job, like not as just my side thing, but my job. I really feel like if I hadn't started that side hustle and kind of even built up that street cred and, and just kind of let people know that this is something I'm committed to and, and, and just expanding my network, that wouldn't have been possible. That's what let me change careers. All right, and welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Martin McGovern, and today we have with us Jessica Williams, who I met, uh, what, maybe a year, year or so back? Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It longer. It does. It does. <laughs> um, but we met a while back at a uh, networking event where you were a panelist speaker, and you've got mm-hmm. some really interesting things going on. I'll just introduce you from your LinkedIn profile headline, and then we will ask you to tell us about yourself. You know, the most infamous job search question of all time. So Jessica Williams is a newsletter creator and curator of hashtag Jess Picks at TechBizGirl. And that's the headline. I love it. But tell us about yourself. (laughs) Oh, this is the hardest job uh, interview (laughs) question ever. Okay, well, I'm Jessica Williams. I, uh, my background is actually in the network infrastructure world. Um, my, uh, I'm certified as a Cisco uh, engineer. Um, and a few years back, I kind of realized that I wanted to kind of use those powers for good, I guess, if you will. And so I, um, I kind of wanted to do more. And that kind of led me down a road of trying to do more in the social impact space and, and just feeling like I could make an impact on the world. Uh, and so that got me into working with women startups and um, later on um, being a career coach, uh, which is how I met Martin. Um, and now I'm doing like a number of different things. And so I've kind of just uh, kind of followed my passion and basically kind of went where the universe is taking me and I'm still trying to figure out what all that means. But in the meantime, I'm enjoying the journey. Uh, So now I'm doing, I'm actually a customer research strategist at Anyet, which is um, a company based out of Washington that does so many cool things with creative technology with the goal of helping companies build better relationships with their customers. I'm also a solutions consultant at SDI, which is a local technology company in Chicago, and they work with a lot of government institutions on managed services projects. Uh, And yes, and I also run uh, Tech Biz Girl, which is a side hustle, helping others start side hustles, because you got to be meta, why not? (laughs) (laughs) And um, as part of that, I run a weekly newsletter called Jess Picks, which is all about helping connect side hustlers with tips and resources um, to just kind of manage everything alongside their life and their day job. I love it. And that's exactly what we're getting into today is the nice. side hustle. We're talking yes. about side projects, side hustles, whatever you want to call them. The things that keep us going um, when the day job isn't enough or when we're trying to fill that gap or when we're mm-hmm. trying to build some future thing that we're not even quite sure what it is yet. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to talk with you today because you work with side hustlers all the time. And um, I got into coaching through sort of side hustling in a way. I was helping people build personal brands Mm -hmm. and personal brands are very much tied with whatever you're building. And so a lot of times we'd encourage people to build side projects as we call them um, in order to, you know, give some weight, some life to their, the words they were using in their, in their brand. And so I'm kind of curious for you, um, how have side hustles helped you throughout your career? What would you say they've brought to your career that maybe wouldn't be there if you hadn't been creating these side hustles? Well, I, I, I guess we could start back to when I started my side hustle, which I was kind of in a situation where I wasn't happy about my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was burnt out. I was just kind of like, there has to be more to life. And um, my side hustle became, um, I guess, a creative outlet for me uh, in a way that I needed, right? Because sometimes you're not going to get 100% of what you need from your day job. Uh, And so it's nice to have something else that you can kind of fill your life and fill your time with that helps you feel fulfilled. And then that way, sometimes like the day job doesn't seem so bad, right? And so uh, when I first started it, it was just like I had a renewed sense of just energy about life, about work, because it's like no matter what happens at work, I can still go home and work on my passion. And so in the beginning, that's what it was for me. 
Um, and then I think it eventually led to me kind of changing careers in a way because um, so my when I started my side hustle, it was really all about helping women with technology, right? Like, of course, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so because of that, I, you know, I started, I basically started blogging, I started an email list, and I started going to events to meet other women who were starting businesses and into tech and like all this kind of stuff. And what that did was it exposed me to this whole new audience of people that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, so I connected to all these women doing cool things and, you know, uh, years later when I was kind of at my wits end with kind of the network infrastructure space and, and really feeling like, oh, I feel like I'm not making an impact on the world. Like I go to bed at night and I'm just unhappy and I wanted to do something else. And, uh, because of the relationships that I had built an opportunity, uh, with one of those women opened up where she's like, Hey, I'm running this program at 1871. It's a program for women's startups. Um, I know you're passionate about the same things I'm passionate about. Maybe, you know, I think you'd be a good fit to be my partner. And, you know, it's just kind of like, what? You know, I didn't expect that. <laughs> it just kind of happened. And, you know, I kind of took a leap, which it really was a leap. And then I got the job and I'm like, wait, I get to pay to help women like as my job job. Like not as just my side thing, but my job. And so I really feel like if I hadn't started that side hustle and kind of even built up that street cred and, and just kind of let people know that this is something I'm committed to and, and, and just expanding my network, that wouldn't have been possible. And I think that's what let me change careers. So, so yeah. I love that. There's so many great things in there. The first thing that really stands out to me is that you talked about the side hustle almost emerging from a burnout, like a phoenix rising yes. from the ashes, right? Oh, I love and, that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's so funny how, um, you know, the biggest pushback I've seen, and I'm curious what pushbacks you've seen, is that mm -hmm. I don't have time. There's no time mm -hmm. for a side hustle, right? And I don't have the energy. I'm feeling down and burnt out. But what I think people don't quite realize is how energizing a side hustle can become, right? You said, I was already burnt out. I started my side hustle and it made everything easier. How does, mm -hmm. how does doing more work make things easier? <laughs> what was your experience with that? Um, I think it was just, it was just something that made me happy, right? Like it was, it was, I mean, I already had a full day. Um, and then I was the person that went home at night and, and really just worked for another two, three hours, but like helping people and serving people and, and, and having people say, Oh, you know, this really helped me out so much, or thank you for doing this. Like that, those are the things that was just like, yes, yes, I have to do more and more. And so even though I was tired, um, it just kind of it helped me. Now, granted, after doing it for a while, like you kind of start to realize that something's got to give. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're going to be spending way too much time in both places. Um, and so my whole thing with that is it, there's a couple of ways you can kind of make the time thing work for you. So one of the things is I like to, although everything's shifting now with um, the pandemic that's going on, yeah. right? But um, really taking advantage of those times where you are at your like most productive, right? Like some, most people are either morning people, evening people. If you can carve out some of that time to work on your side hustle. Um, and I, and granted, like if you work a nine to five and morning's your most productive time, that might require you getting up earlier um, or staying, you know, staying later, whatever that might be. Um, but really try to carve out a little bit of that time. Cause even if it's like 30 minutes or even if it's an hour, it's an hour of your most productive time. So like yeah. you're going to get so much done. Um, and so if you can carve it out, I would do that. Um, the other thing that I like to stress a lot is you can get a lot done in 15 minutes, like a lot. It's, it's amazing how, like if you set a timer for 15 minutes and you're trying to get a task done, you can probably knock it out or at least knock out a draft of it. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, oh, we have to spend like four hours on this thing. And it's like, no, maybe four hours over a time period, right? Like, mm -hmm. but 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, like those add up, like every little bit helps. And if there's a way to break down these big, big, big tasks into smaller baby steps, as I like to call them, then there's a lot you can get done with just like, you know, uh, waiting for a doctor's appointment or lunchtime or 
commute time. Like there's, there's things you can get done with the small pockets of time you have as well. I love that. And this idea of breaking down the baby steps, I think that also is something that people struggle with of, oh, I have to create a side project. So I need an email list and a YouTube channel and an Instagram. I know when I used to start things out, I would, I would come up with a name and I'd be like, that's a great name. And then I would go by the URL and the, and block nice. off the Instagram. And I maybe had like 30 different URLs at one point with all these different websites. I had to like end up culling it all out and getting rid of a bunch of stuff. But I think one of the things that people run into is they think they have to do everything all at once. So what would you say are some of those first baby steps that people can take to start building their side project rather than getting overwhelmed by the vast number of things they could do? Hmm. Well, one, they could talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> this plug here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's really about figuring out what you want to offer. I think sometimes we get so caught up in like, I need to buy this URL and I need to get all this stuff in place without even really figuring out like, what, what, are, you, what, are, you, what are you selling? What are you mm -hmm. offering? Um, and if you're not selling it, like, what are you getting out of it? Like, for example, like if you're not at a point where you want to sell your coaching services, but you want to coach, can you get testimonials? Can you um, get people to promote it? Like whatever that is, I would say, try to get something out of it. And um, so try to get those clients, try to figure out like, what do I want to offer? Figure out what that one thing is, put it out there. And I'm very much like, try to get your guinea pig first clients, try it out. You mm -hmm. might decide that like, you might not even want to coach that way, right? Like, you know, sometimes you kind of have to get it out there and try it and experiment um, because most of the time, like we think we want to do something and that does not how it goes. I mean, when I first started my blog slash side hustle, I thought I wanted to do social media management. Yeah. That worked for about three months. And I'm like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like managing other people's social media. I just want to manage my own, but I didn't know that until I started doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I would figure out what you want to offer, what do you want to sell, whatever that is, and then start doing it. And then as you, as you get clients, get feedback, see how the process works, refine it. And then once you're ready to like, finally, like if, if that's the road that you want to go down, um, put it out there as an offer and you can still do all that without a website, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, take it in these baby steps. And then once you kind of get more established and you're just like, okay, this is what I want to commit to, then maybe you can get a website. But even then, like you don't have to spend $2,000 on a website. Mm -hmm. You can get like a WordPress theme that's possibly free or less than a hundred dollars. Put something out there because the whole thing is like so much is going to change and grow and evolve as you do a lot of this work. And so it's better to kind of wait until you have some things figured out before you spend all this money. It's kind of like, you know, entrepreneurs who feel like, oh, I'm starting this business. So I have to get office space and business cards. And yeah. it's like, that stuff doesn't matter yet at some point. Sure. But do yeah. you really need to spend that right now? That's awesome. Yeah. I talked to someone recently who was telling me about that one of the businesses they started a few years ago and they were saying, uh, you know, I spent so much time trying to protect like the licensing on the products I was building, I never got to build them. <laughs> oh, and no. it's like, oh no, you spent all this no. time trying to protect the intellectual property, but you've never built the business because um, exactly. they spent all their money on the wrong thing. So that's such a great point to get across. And I think, um, you know, even just going off my own example of career therapy, where we're, what we're talking on now, that started as a meetup group, just a, you know, a small meetup group. And then all of a sudden, I started getting clients and I'm like, okay, wait a second. Now I've got to maybe go build a website, but even the website didn't come until after there were clients. And so I think that what you're saying here is so spot on for folks to really just, you know, get it started and let it evolve. And I think that letting it evolve piece is sort of difficult for people because you can get kind of married to that initial idea. And there's sort of this um, resistance to change or, or inability to take it out and like, you know, get rid of it if it's not yeah. working. Um, yeah. Have you hit any of those points where you're like, I know I should probably change at this point, but I just can't let go. Or have you always just been very like, nope, rolling with it, leave that in the dust and move on to the next thing? I kind of did both, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's, I, 
it, it's funny how, like, I think my side also has been very affected by what's happening in other aspects of my life. Um, and so, for example, like when I started, well, I wanted to do social media management. Granted, I figured out that wasn't going to work. So then I had to kind of figure something else out. Um, but then what started happening is similar to you, people started reaching out and saying, oh, you know, can you help me set up my WordPress? Can you help me set up my MailChimp? And, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm just like, okay, there's something there. Like what makes sense? Like what's a good business model? Um, and then I basically just kind of hired myself out with like hours, a bucket of 10 hours at a time to a bunch of people. And then I realized very quickly that um, you should probably set boundaries for these types <laughs> of things. <laughs> but she learned as you go. Um, and then I think it got to a point where it just, it wasn't sustainable, but I think I still tried to just make it work, um, because I had committed to it and put it out there and it's like, well, but you know, but then because there was a situation where I lost my job and then I had to find another job and I had to start a new job and that kind of forced me to take a minute, take a beat and say, wait, this is not why I started this business like I started it for this reason I need to get back to that and so it, it just kind of forced me to take a pause and really think about like what am I trying to do here I've done that quite a lot over the years um, but sometimes you just kind of have to see where it goes and and most often you'll just have to feel it right like I think other people can tell you stuff all the time it's like well I don't know maybe you shouldn't be doing that but like until you feel it and sometimes that comes in the form of pain, unfortunately. Um, you're not really gonna take a minute to pause. But I think if you are feeling like a struggle with um, whatever that is, like if there's just something that's not working out, I, I would say like get back to like why you did this, why you started this in the first place, right? Because I feel like that will at least kind of get you back into that frame of mind of like, you know, back when I was like dreaming big and all these types of things, like this is really what I wanted. And at least that can help you get back to some like true north direction. That's really cool. Yeah, I think taking that's what's nice about having your own thing, too, is you mm -hmm. can take a moment and revisit it and say, wait, what was the goal here? Right. It's right. something that you can shift when you're ready to shift it. And it's something that you can, you know, adapt or, or go backwards on or go forwards on and, and sort of really be able to be in that driver's seat. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people are missing in their careers and why side projects really bring that sense of energy and motivation to folks once they start doing it is because if you feel like you have no power throughout your day at work, when you get home, you're just burnt out. But if you know at the end of the day, what you're going to do is go take control of this next thing and use it mm -hmm. as a stepping stone or a learning process or whatever the thing might be, it really does bring that sort of ownership into someone's life. And so when, you, when I talk to folks about the job search, I know you've worked with lots of different people in career transitions. This idea of imposter syndrome comes up yeah. all the time right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's fueled by the fact that companies are lazy in their response to why you didn't get the job. For the most part, yes. they'll say, we went with someone with more experience, which mm -hmm. when I hear that, I hear, I don't want to give you a solid answer because I don't want to get sued or get in trouble. So here's a generic one, please go away. And <laughs> then we go, okay, uh, I don't have enough experience. So the job, the employer isn't, isn't meaning anything by it, but the yeah. job seeker takes it so personally and they're like shoot mm -hmm. I don't have experience I'll never get a job but for some reason there's a gap there that, that people get stuck in that feeling of I don't have experience I'll never have enough experience I need to go get more education or whatever the thing might be um, mm -hmm. whereas what we're saying here is wait a second wait a second if you do hear that maybe it's because you aren't conveying your point strong enough or maybe it's you're not showcasing your work strong enough and that's where side projects i think can really help push back on that imposter syndrome piece and push back on that experience piece because mm -hmm. okay well maybe i'm missing experience in this one thing i'm going to go build a project around that one thing and show the world that i can do it and that sense Absolutely. of ownership i see to be really really big what do you think gets in the way of people and how have you sort of helped them overcome that mental block Oh man, this is, I feel like we could do a whole episode on imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, 
Um, I mean, it's hard, right? Like that, um, to your point, like I think, unfortunately companies don't really help us when it comes to saying no for whatever reason, because Mm -hmm. like you said, we immediately internalize it. And I think part of that too, is that we're already going in saying, I might not be good enough for this job, but I'm going to apply anyway. And so then when they say that we don't have enough or whatever, um, then we're like, Oh, well, I basically said that anyway. Right. And so I think that's, it's unfortunate. It just sucks. And also job descriptions are terrible. Um, (laughs) They don't help batters either. What you're saying there, they're verifying our insecurities. And something I was talking about in uh, this morning is I was reading this. I read a lot of stoicism and one of the art, the Mm -hmm. reflections this morning was saying, um, who are you trying to impress? Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the people we're trying to impress when we get to know them, we're like, the hell was I trying to impress you? Uh, That's, true. That's true. <laughs> and what my takeaway from it was, is that we should be we should be proving ourselves to ourselves. First, I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then trying to prove it to other people. And I think what you said is so on point is that people are going out saying, I'm probably not going to be able to get this job anyway. And then when they tell us, no, it doubles down on what we're already feeling Versus um, what do I have that can solve the problems in this job that can bring value to this company? And I think being able to go and create your own projects and test things out, you can start seeing the actual bottom line benefits of it, right? If you create an email list and you Mm -hmm. start sending it out to people and then you start seeing clients come in, you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, wait a second, email marketing leads to ROI. And, mm-hmm. and you can start putting those pieces together in your head. What were some of the early successes that you saw from your side projects that gave you more confidence in your career? Uh, I mean, I think it was a lot of different things, right? So when I first started, I was just writing, so blogging fairly regularly. Um, I think I was blogging mostly about social media stuff because that was the plan. And just the fact that people were reading it and signing up. I mean, people other than my family and friends were reading it and signing up and sharing it and reaching out, asking how they could help. Like, I think those, they're, they may seem like little things, but like sometimes all people just need is like validation that they're on the right track. And, um, and that was validation for me. And I think it was just uh, continuing to do that and continuing to see people reach out for, uh, can you help me with this? Or can you help me with this? And and seeing that success and, and launching offers and having those be accepted. Um, but I think it's also, this has been really, really hard for me. Um, and I think we kind of touched on this a little bit um, in a few minutes ago, is that sometimes I think we when we first start, I think it's very much like, oh, it's roses and sunshine and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to get my work out there. Right. And then you get caught up in the machine of, Mm. Oh, metrics and uh, traffic and all this kind of stuff. And I think you end up losing it and then you stop, you, you end up getting caught up in the whole external validation thing, which I mean, external validation is good, but to your point, it's also good to have internal validation, right? Like, I know what I know what I'm doing has worth, or I know that these are my strengths and this is what I'm putting out into the world um, and letting that stand on its own. And hey, if I get external validation, great, that's awesome. But not letting the lack of external validation just kind of cripple you. Um, so it's a lesson I have to learn as well. It's a journey, not a destination. Yeah. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think success for me now, like, I, I, and I think what I'm realizing too is that like we define what that is. And uh, I was just talking to somebody uh, the other day because um, she was kind of stressing about is she putting enough time into her side hustle? And she's like, I, I feel like I have an angel on one shoulder saying good job and a devil on another one saying like, you know, you're not putting enough time and energy into your, you know, business. And it's like, well, we get to define what that is. And so like for me, a, a, a long time ago, I kind of got caught up in the whole, I'm not doing enough for my people and I, I just don't have time and like all this kind of stuff. And, 
you know, a couple years ago, I'm like, I just want to do one thing consistently. And that's where my newsletter came from, right? That's where Jespix came from. It's like, if I do nothing else, I want to do this weekly. And for the most part, I've kept up with it for like three years. Um, and just having people subscribe is great. Having people stay is great. Most of the time, I feel like I'm writing to a black hole. Um, <laughs> but then I'll see people like at an event and they'll be like, oh, I love your newsletter. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you were on my list or, you know, <laughs> that you read it or whatever. Um, but I think those things, like, it, it's just helpful. Um, and I think what that also uh, brings to mind for me is that, like, even though it feels like you might be talking to no one, people are watching, right? Like they might not respond, they might not engage, but people are watching um, and people are being inspired, even if you don't think they are uh, mm. by what you're doing. That's amazing. And I like how you started to sort of lay out, you know, she's focused on her, her side. So there's a lot of different terms, right? There's side business, there's side hustle, there's mm -hmm. side project, there's hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> How, yes. do you, how do you think about the differences between those or do you differentiate between them? Um, I don't know. I mean, side hustle, it's so weird. It has such a weird connotation for some people. I don't mind the word. I think it's fine. Um, and I think I use that mostly um, mm -hmm. when I'm talking about stuff. Um, I'm starting to see more side biz, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think hobbies are something you do just for fun, right? Like the whole thing is not to make money. And I think um, we're also starting to see it uh, conversations about like hobbies, right. Versus side hustles. Like everything does not have to make money mm -hmm. and it's true. Um, like I like reading as a hobby. I don't want to read to make money because it would take the fun out of reading for me. Like yeah. why, why would I do that? Um, and so I think it's important to see what works best and something is just, you know, don't make sense as a side hustle. And you may see throughout your journey of doing stuff that, oh, maybe this just works better as a hobby or maybe I'll just do one paid thing every once in a while and take some of the pressure off yourself. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably how I would define it. I love that. And I think, you know, your, your, your point about defining your own success, I think is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. And I like that you focused on the actions over the outcomes. Um, because, mm -hmm. you know, there really Thanks. is only so much that we can control. In, in our lives, right? We can't really control uh, the personalities of the people around us. We can't control the reactions of the people who read our stuffs. We can't, we can't control whether or not people purchase or not. We can influence a lot of things, but even our influence mm -hmm. is limited in a lot of ways. So the things we do control is, you know, in my case, I wake up and I do a live stream every single day. And like getting it done is more important than having it be perfect or having it be the best or having it get the most viewers or whatever the thing is, because I know my personal growth is happening all throughout the process. And mm -hmm. this idea of perfectionism, I think also gets in the way for people. Um, mm -hmm. How have you seen perfectionism play its rear its head in, in either your projects or the people that you work with? Oh, I see it all the time. Um, I am a perfectionist, recovering perfectionist. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> perfectionist and recovery. <laughs> the first step is admitting you have a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's, I think it's, it rears its ugly head in terms of, um, I don't, it, in different ways, right? Like for me, I think it's like, I've been wanting to do this uh, 30 days of side hustle tips for like, probably two years and I still haven't done it yet because I'm like, what am I going to write about? Oh, it has to be perfect. Oh, I should like outline everything. Oh, da, 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 da. all the things. Um, and I also have a problem with overthinking, uh, mm -hmm. so, which it doesn't really help. Um, and so what it manifests itself as is like you spin your wheels so much because you're trying to make it perfect. And then you end up not doing anything because you end up in this like ruminating cycle of whatever it could be trying to get it right it could be oh i have to find the perfect words or the perfect outline or the perfect pictures and all that kind of stuff and it's like i have to try to remember like done is better than perfect right and and i think we get so caught up in perfectionism that it cripples us mm -hmm. which is terrible because the great thing about the internet is you can change anything <laughs> you can change your url you can change your website you can change your services like nothing's set in stone and the thing is like you won't actually figure it out until you actually do something 
it's mm-hmm. so counterintuitive. It's like, I think so, so many of us are like, oh, well, I'll be, I got to think about it and I got to research it before I get clear, not realizing that clarity comes from you doing stuff because then you're like, oh, that works or that doesn't work. So let me try this. Then you need that feedback loop, but you can't get it if you don't put it out there. And so that's another thing that's more of a journey a destination because it's, it, you get caught up in it. Um, and so sometimes you just kind of have to like, this is where I like timers too, because it's very much like if I set a timer to get something done, it's like, okay, I got to get it done before the timer goes off. Even if it's terrible, I just need to get it out. And that helps. But sometimes the problem is we don't realize we're getting stuck in the perfection loop and that's what's keeping us from moving forward. So it's also about listening to that mental self-talk to see like what's happening, what's going on. I love that. That's so smart. And it's, it's, do you actually like have a timer to use your phone? Like, how do you, how do you do your timers? Um, I know Pomodoro is like use an egg timer things like that. Sometimes like I don't do it all. It's so funny. Like I talk about it. I don't do it all the time, but I do it when I feel like I have to, to get Mm. something done. Um, But normally I'll just do uh, like Google set timer for whatever. Um, Just type it into the Google search bar. Or I'll do Siri, like, hey, Siri, set timer for five minutes or 15 minutes. Um, I have been experimenting with the Pomodoro, Pomodoro Technique, timers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess it's like 20 minutes of work and then a five-minute break. Yeah. I find that I can only do those, like, first thing in the morning, and I can only maybe do, like, three of them. And then okay. it's like, and then I'm like... I don't need this much structure anymore. <laughs> I need to do what I need to do. I just need to go. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. I need to go. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because you were saying timers and I was like, gosh, I should use timers because every time I'm talking to someone, I'm like, what, what can I, you know, imitate? But yeah. then I started thinking about it and I was like, wait a second. I, cause I'm in coaching calls back to back most of the day. So usually yeah. what ends up happening, if, if someone doesn't show up for their call, I don't mm-hmm. real, I don't like let them like, I don't, close the call until about 10 minutes in. So 10 minutes in, I'll close the call, realize they're not showing up. And then I've got 20 minutes. And then I'm like, wait, how can I utilize this 20 minutes? And nice. I'll like totally redo something on like the website or in my offerings or like send an email out or something. And I'm like, oh wait, I do use timers. I just use them in a very weird way of like, how, I've only got 20 minutes before my next call. How do I get something done? So it is kind of funny how deadlines really keep us moving forward. And when it comes to a Mm -hmm. side project, it can be tough to set our own deadlines or sometimes we Mm -hmm. set way too strict of deadlines. Yes. Um, Have you sort of seen any techniques come up or, or any like the worst thing that I could see happening to someone is you create a side project, Mm -hmm. you set all these crazy goals for it. And then you spend the next six months beating yourself up and ruining your mental health. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I sometimes worry about folks when they go into a side project, you know, maybe they don't have as altruistic of a motivation or something like that. Um, it can, t- it can easily turn into a negative feedback loop. How have you sort of seen people deal with the, you know, there's the initial excitement, then there's maybe some sure. monotony, then there might be some like negativity. What, what does that look like in the folks you've worked mm. with? It happens a lot. It, it almost, it follows the same like weird cycle of being an entrepreneur, right? Like there's peaks and valleys. Um, and I think it's, it's so hard to beat yourself up. Um, I, you know, I think for me, what I've really realized is that like, I have to make self-care a priority. Um, and that seems to help me. And if I don't make it a priority, then it manifests itself in bad ways. Um, mainly I'll get sick or, um, well, mainly I'll just get sick or mm. I will have no, I guess it's almost like no motivation for periods of time, um, which is a sign of burnout. And so, um, it's hard though. I think, uh, as side hustlers, especially we're doing something that full-time day job people, uh, don't quite understand and full-time entrepreneurs don't quite understand. And so, like we're kind of doing the, this crazy merging of both worlds, which is really hard um, for reasons that they wouldn't quite get. I mean, there's some things that are similar, right? But it's like you're doing this crazy like tightrope dance or shuffle or whatever, um, trying to make sure that 
your day job is getting what it needs. Your business is getting what it needs. Oh, but also you're living your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think I would say that like, try to fit self care into your day, even if it's little things. Like for me, I know that, um, um, reading is part of my self care. I can't do meditation. I don't know. My meditation brain is broken. Um, <laughs> so, it's hard. It's I'm hard. Like, okay, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Uh, but I feel like if it's all about mindfulness and being present, like I, I feel very relaxed when I read. And so, um, setting goals. Um, and I kind of set goals more like I'm going to read this many books a year and, when I do read, if I can spend a few minutes a day reading, I feel a little bit more centered. It's really strange, but I guess it's kind of like, <clears throat> well, maybe self-care is like vitamins, right? Like you don't really right. notice them until you notice them until you stop taking them, um, that they're not working. And so it's like, okay, I feel off. Why do I feel off? It's like, oh, cause I haven't read or I haven't done something to take care of myself. Um, but I think another part of it too is that, uh, you have to give yourself some grace, right? Like I've learned that the hard way. Like some days, some weeks, some months, the day job is just going to take priority and that's okay. And then, you know, you'll make it up on the back end eventually. I think it's about giving yourself a break because this is also really hard um, and giving yourself the space to just kind of say, okay, well, this is the situation and this is where I have to focus. Like for example, if you have to start a new job for whatever reason, like I think you should put your side hustle on pause as much as possible for 90 days, right? Because like you're going to be in full ramp up mode for that day job and you want to focus on that and then maybe you can kind of get back to your side hustle. So then give yourself that time to be like, okay, is there a bare minimum I can do for my side hustle? Is it going to kind of go on pause? Like what's the plan? But just kind of building that in. Um, but I think, I don't know, I think ultimately it's just about grace, grace, I tell you. I have to remind myself of this all the time. It's like, okay, side hustle work's not going to get done today, and that's mm-hmm. okay. Like, it's it's going to get done eventually. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It is very hard, especially because, you know, you're doing something above and beyond, right? You, mm-hmm. The fact that you're doing anything is better than doing nothing <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, right. and, and then we're like, we're not doing enough of anything. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not watching, you know, five more seasons of whatever show you're doing something different. And so right. I think like just the simple fact of doing something different, um, mm-hmm. is enough. Uh, and, and you never really know where it's going to lead. And I liked what you said earlier where you're like, you know, I didn't realize it was going to lead to this job. But the people I met throughout the process and the things that I was learning and the conversations I was having, and this is something I talk about quite a bit, is is a lot of people are like, oh, no, I need to network. Oh, no, networking is terrifying, right? And I go, (laughs) well, it is when all you're doing is going to the same events as every other job seeker that looks just like you because there's no one hiring there. It's high competition, and it's not the best way to do it. And so mm-hmm. someone came to me once and they were like, uh, there's no sports technology meetups in my area. So I guess I'm just not going to be in sports tech. And I was like, oh, no. Or go start your you own sports tech a- meetup. <laughs> and, and so they did. This is one of the people that took me mm-hmm. up on it. And they came back to me and they were like, wow, 40 people signed up for the meetup. 20 came to the event. And I was able to get the uh, like VP of um, EA Sports to come speak. And we're, we talked about internships. No way. And I was like, that ah, is what it is. That crazy. is how this works. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because mm-hmm. like we, we think, again, we think the side project is going to be more work. And maybe it is in some mm-hmm. technical ways. But it's less work than a six-month or a year-long job search. It's less work than trying to convince people of you being impressive while standing on, you know, an empty box. It's so Mm -hmm. much better to be able to talk about things you're creating in an interview than to talk about the things you want to create in the future if this company were to hire you. And so I'm kind of curious when it comes to, you know, finding jobs and things like that, you mentioned that early one, but have you seen your job your side project impact your interview process or impact your 
networking process just throughout other job applications and things throughout your life? I mean, probably, um, I guess, I think I kind of got to a point where, I don't know, because I think a, a big problem with side projects is like, well, do you tell people? Do you not tell people? Mm. Especially when it comes to the whole employer thing. Um, and I don't know when it was, but I think at some point I got to the point where I was just like, well, me and my side hustle are a package deal at this point. So it's like we come together. And so I even started asking companies um, if it would be a problem, basically, uh, because it's like, well, package deal. Um, yeah. And uh, I think it's, you know, I think once I kind of realized that that was the thing, I made a point of like adding it to my LinkedIn and adding it to my resume. Um, because it's like, it's something that I'm doing. And it's something that I care a lot about. And employers care that like you're human, mm -hmm. which is good. <laughs> like they care that you have these interests and passions and all these other things. And you're not just necessarily a worker bee all the yeah. time and you're not all work. Um, and so that's kind of how I've put it out there is like, this is um, for the most part, like tech business girl is a blog that I sometimes offer services and I make passive income and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think it's so much active work that it's going to interfere with the day job. It is my side hustle. And so that's how I talk about it uh, to people. Um, but yeah, once I got to that point, I started mentioning it in my tell me about yourself a spiel. Um, but I think that uh, also as you, as you start your side hustle, as you do more networking in non-traditional ways, like you'll find that it gets easier to find jobs because people know who you are, right? And so then you're kind of getting into that referral engine, which is how most people get jobs now anyways, mm -hmm. like somebody referred somebody else and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I think it's, I think that's helped a ton. Um, I think also that companies are starting to look for people with entrepreneurial skills. Uh, and so having side projects and having side hustles shows that you are a self-starter. But not only that, most employers, like, you know, most technical skills can be taught, right? Like, but people can't tell you how to think and how mm. to make decisions and how to have initiative. Like you kind of have to bring that to the table. and if you have your own side project or side hustle, like that shows that, wait, like you created something, you've built something, you sustained something and you're managing it and you took initiative to do it. And Hey, maybe that has given you those soft skills that are so desired, like communication and leadership and team building and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think it's really only a positive and it's really sad that some companies are very much, uh, conservative <laughs> in how they treat side projects and some of them are very much like if you work here you can't have a side project right like and and so that that is also a decision you'll have to make for yourself it could be that your side project is mainly to help you in your career and it's not something that has to come along with you necessarily um, but also if it's something that you do want to bring along with you I think it's important to know that and make that clear, uh, even in the interview process. Yeah, it's really did interesting. Did that answer your question? I feel like it I did. went on a it tangent did. there. Hey, tan this is all about soapbox. the tangents. A little bit I of a soapbox it. too. No, I love it because I think that I, I hadn't been thinking about that because it's been so long that I've, you know, I've had side projects so long, I forgot how scared I was at the beginning to mm -hmm. launch it and to tell people about it. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, there's this, there's this, maybe hesitation that we have but the truth of the matter is is that you're right the companies want to see someone who has initiatives companies want to see someone who understands um companies want to see someone who understands how different aspects of the business work and one of the things that i'm constantly uh -huh. talking with job seekers about is do you know what value you bring to the company and they they say things like i'm a hard worker i'm a great team member i'm blah 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 and i go first of all no one would ever mm -hmm. say the opposite of that. So it doesn't mean anything. And second of all, it's more of a show. It's more of a show. Don't tell. Right. And I think the nice thing about a side project is that it allows you to show your soft skills rather than mm -hmm. talk about your soft skills. And mm -hmm. that is such a powerful 
thing to bring to a conversation, to bring to an interview, to bring to a, a new company and to talk about it in a way where you can relate it to what they're trying to accomplish. And so it's like, oh, well, I've been doing email marketing for my side project, my side hustle, which has shown me mm -hmm. how my role impacts the marketing team, whatever that role might be. And mm -hmm. knowing that and being able to speak to that is so important. Like, I remember I had to do analytics for my side project and I was like, wait a second, now I can talk about analytics, even though I'm not hyper analytical in, in my day job. And so right. those, those kind of, it's that, it's that cross-functional ability that you start to build without having to go full-blown entrepreneur and try and be this mm -hmm. crazy person, you know? And so um, mm -hmm. I love that. I love what you're putting out there. And so when, when we're getting to this point where, you know, someone is maybe in a similar spot to what you and I were in years ago, yes. right? Mm -hmm. We're at our day job. We're like, oh my God, there's got to be more to this. <laughs> I, I need a little more than this. And, uh, yeah. and we go to start that side project. I know what helped yeah. me, because my first side project was a networking group that turned into a small business. Um, but what helped me was finding that partner in crime, someone who kind of balanced me out. I knew the marketing, but I was super introverted and not great at networking. And they knew the networking and were mm -hmm. super extroverted salesperson. And we came together and launched this thing. Have you seen that help people with their side projects or do you see more solo side projects? What, what's been your sort of view of, of the landscape? Oh, that's, um, I feel like I see more solo side projects, mm -hmm. at least to start. Um, and then I think, I, I feel like once the business gets to a point where it's going to go full time, it's possibly when like the whole partnership conversation comes into play. Um, but yeah, I feel like I've seen mostly, um, mostly solo side hustlers. I think yeah. mainly because like, there's just a lot of bad press about there out there as far as like, um, founders and co-founders and all that kind of stuff. And, oh, yeah. um, and it's very much like, it's funny that like everything is related to dating. Um, but <laughs> yep. finding that partner is that right. Um, but I think it's kind of similar to, um, I think if you were starting a business, um, uh, even before you bring on employees, right? Like it's important to, to essentially wear all the hats, mm. um, at least for a period of time. Right. Cause one, you just may not be afford may you may not be able to afford having other people uh, so you kind of have to do it but I think also then you start to figure out like which parts of it you like which parts of it you're best at and then you can figure out like what um, what parts you need to hire for so like you knew yeah. that um, you needed an extrovert partner right yeah, you're yeah, yeah. I am <laughs> oh, oh that's awesome so am I. I hide it well you do, you do. Um, but yeah, like trying to figure out like where you, where those weaknesses are so you can hire somebody to balance you out. Like, I think it's important to take that time. Um, but yeah. And I like what you're saying there. Cause it is one of those things where bringing on a partner does make it more difficult to pivot. And there mm -hmm. are a lot of pivots when you're doing side yes. projects. And, you know, mm -hmm. thankfully my, my, business partner, eventual business partner was someone who loved pivoting as well. Actually, that was our downfall. But um, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, you, you I, I like what you're saying. It's like most people start solo because that's how you can test. That's how you can adjust. And mm -hmm. once you know what you're doing, you can start reaching out to other people. Um, another thing that I find really helpful as you launch these side projects, a huge fear that people have in the job search is being seen as a job hopper, right? Mm -hmm. Which I, I'm not sure if the stats have actually changed. I've heard a lot of conflicting things where folks say, you know, it's getting more and more common for people to job hop. And then there's articles that say, no, millennials really love to stay in jobs a long time. And then I read another article that said, actually, back in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s, people job hopped all the time. I never know. Who knows? Oh, dear. I wasn't yeah. there. And so, but the thing is, is like people are worried about the job hopper moniker. And one thing I think is really nice, or even if you're not worried about being a job hopper, you're worried about having gaps in your experience. Mm -hmm. And one thing I love about a side project is that it fills all those gaps. It really it can close those holes so that you always have something to talk about, something that you're doing or working on. You're not just sitting at home watching TV, hoping someone will give you a job someday. Um, 
is that something that you've seen as, as a good tactic for folks as they're searching for jobs? Yes. Um, and also just from personal experience, like I have been laid off slash fired twice in my career. Mm. Um, and just having that side hustle is good from a diversification of income standpoint. Like, mm. you know, not all your eggs are in your day job basket. Um, but also just from the mental health reasons. I mean, I know it's, it's weird, right? Like it's a little woo, but, um, whether you're fired, laid off, like whatever the situation is, like it sucks. Like, yeah. like, let's be honest, like it's terrible. And even if, even if it's, um, even if you didn't do anything wrong, it still screws with your head. And so I think having something that you have that you created to focus on while you're looking for that next opportunity, it just kind of gives you that, you know, it becomes that outlet for you, uh, yet again. Um, but yeah, I do agree that like, if you do need something during that time, it is something that you can continue to work on, continue to build. And, you know, maybe for some people, like they've taken that opportunity to maybe even make it full time. If mm -hmm. that's something that they've wanted to try out, um, maybe it's that timing works for them. Um, or even just take on more clients while you're waiting, because to your point, like it just shows more experience. It gives you more stories to share in your interviews like it, I think it's all positive. Yeah. And it takes you out of that. I have nothing going on. Give me a job into I'm doing these things, but I can do them for you mindset. Right. Yes. And to your point, I mean, personally, that's where career therapy came from. I was working at a company. I don't mm -hmm. know if side projects were encouraged or not, um, but everyone seemed pretty chill with stuff. So I started yeah. this meetup group and then the, the Wednesday before the first meetup, I was mm -hmm. laid off Duh. and I was like, <laughs> and it was so funny because I remember sitting there and I was like, huh, um, I, I, I knew the layoff was coming. I kind of knew for like six months. So I was getting mm -hmm. ready. But like um, there was a lot of changes happening in the company. And I just I remember seeing the calendar invite and going, all right, tomorrow go. I go full time into my side hustle. <laughs> And, nice. uh, and I get on the phone and they're like, you're laid off. We're laid off. Everyone's laid off. Yay. And, uh, mm -hmm. and it was, I just had to like laugh and then, you know, it's, it's stressful and everything. But then that Saturday I walk into the first meetup and I'm like, Hey everyone, I founded this and I need it just as much as y'all. And, oh, uh, it ended up being this great, like, you know, leverage point of not having any dip, just going from mm -hmm. one thing right to the other. And I think it's that dip, that sort yeah. of Canyon that, that happens after a layoff and there's so many people going through layoffs right now. Yes. I think that the best thing that you can do is to start doing something is to start mm -hmm. building something. It takes you out of that. Um, almost like maybe victim or victim. beggar or whatever mindset and puts mm -hmm. you into an owner mindset and a, right. and more of a control mindset. So I absolutely love the direction that we're heading with that. Um, as we get toward the end of the conversation here, um, I'm really curious what sort of maybe really practical tips you would have for someone who's sitting there going, you know, I'm curious about side projects. I'm listening to this, you know, I, I've been thinking about a few things, but I don't, I don't know which one to start with. I don't know which one to pick. Mm -hmm. What would be mm. something that you would say to someone or a place that you might direct them to go, maybe your website, um, <laughs> that, that would help them get, get to that first baby step? to go from yeah. where they are today, which is listening and getting a little bit of inspiration from you mm -hmm. to action. Uh, yeah, well, as Martin said, come to my website uh, <laughs> or book a virtual coffee with me. Um, I'm doing that for people and it's free, it's great. Uh, but uh, if you're not ready to chat with me just yet, um, I would maybe just take some time and write them down. Um, write down everything that you're thinking of, right? Like it could be five ideas, it could be 10 ideas. Um, if you don't have ideas, um, an exercise that helped me is like, think of, um, I don't know, a bunch of things that people would pay you $50 for. I don't know. It, it just may spark some inspiration. Yeah. Um, and then, right? Like, you know, it's like, oh, it. okay, that, that got me thinking. Um, they may pay you more, but like at least to get you started. Uh, and then I would kind of put it away, right? <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of like, you need to take things in bite sizes um, and you need time to think. I like time to process. Um, so make the list just, and this would be a good time for a timer, right? Like set it, set a time for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and just say, I'm going to write as many crazy ideas as I can 
uh, in this 10, 15 minutes, put it away, come back to it maybe a day or two later, and then look at the list and then see like which one would be the most fun or the most exciting or the easiest, right? And then just pick one. That's not to say you can't do them all at some point, but just pick one to start with. And also just remember that like whatever you pick isn't set in stone. Like if you try it and it fails, great. That's great. Failure is great, right? Yeah. Like then you know like what is not going to work for you. And then you can take that into the next opportunity and then you can pick something else and give that a try. So that's, and you know, at that point you can also come talk to me. Yeah. Go talk, to, <laughs> go talk to her. Because book, it, book it right now. Um, yeah. that's, I love that. I, I think that's so important. And, and it, it reminds me of something that I think is so fun too, which is, uh, you know, going back to that perfectionist mindset, worrying about getting it right on the first try. Um, there have been so many dead ideas <laughs> that I've done over the years um, that I've had to put into the idea graveyard. Um, but there's also this concept from Ben and Jerry's of all people um, where they test out new flavors constantly. There's no like criteria for a new flavor. It's whatever the heck you want to create, go create nice. it, bring it to the team. And then what ends up happening is people eat it and they're like, wow, this bubble gum slash uh, cookies and cream slash oh uh, pumpernickel <laughs> is no good. And so they, they, they kill it. They literally give it a funeral, put it in what a, a physical graveyard, like the recipe into a physical graveyard on their campus. And then every like six that. years, they'll dig it up mm -hmm. and try to change something about it to make it work again. And so I've noticed that, that with so my cool. own stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is my second podcast that I've had mm -hmm. in my life. And the first one went through a lot of different changes and it's still going just under a different name. And I used to make videos back in the day that were really wacky and I was like trying to be super energetic, which is not actually my style. And now I'm like, it's like you can come back to these things. You can, you can sure. fail an idea, go bury it in the graveyard, try something else for a couple of years, then come back, unbury it and see what, what, what juice is left in it in a way um, or life is left in it would be a better analogy. And so um, I want to give my, my six takeaways from this conversation. And then I'll ask you one more question, and then we'll point okay. everyone in the direction of your stuff. So my six takeaways today are, number one, um, creating a side hustle will help you overcome burnout because although it seems like you're creating more work for yourself, it actually leads to more energy when you're excited and owning the work that you do. Mm -hmm. Number two, we should always start with these bite-sized baby steps. So what is the one small thing that you can do to move forward, aka book the session? <laughs> and uh, number three, um, you want to build side projects so that you can prove your skill set to yourself before trying to prove it to other people. Number four, we, we define our own success. So as you inevitably get caught up in the statistics and I'm currently dealing with that personally. Um, we can always take a step back and reassess what success means to us. Um, number five is that we need to fail in order to know what's working and what, what isn't and then adjust. And number five, take care of yourself. Don't beat yourself up and try and give yourself some grace or cut yourself some slack. I love it. So um, Jessica, I love those. as we get toward the end here, if you could go back, Right. And these are, mm. you know, cliche questions with career therapy. Uh, if you could go back and change one thing through at, at some point in your career, what would be the thing that you change? Would it be starting earlier? Would it be trying a different idea? What would be one thing you'd go back and change if you could change one thing about your career? Oh, geez. Oh, one thing I would change. Um, Probably just, I think it's about focusing on becoming more self-aware uh, and doing that earlier. Um, and along with that, realizing like what are my strengths and leaning into what those things are, which I'm still figuring out what those are. But like the things that make me me and being more me, I think is what makes people unique. So being more you is what makes you unique. Um, so I wish I would have learned that earlier and leaned into that earlier. I love it. And so in order for people to find out what 
truly makes you unique, they should definitely go sign up for your email list. So yes. tell people where they should, uh, <laughs> where they can follow you uh, and what you've got going on. Nice. Um, so I am techbizgirl.com. So that's T-E-C-H-B-I-Z-G-U-R-L.com. And I'm pretty much techbizgirl on all the social media channels. Um, my newsletter is called Jess Picks. It's sent out weekly. It's curated tips and resources targeted towards side hustlers. Um, so you can sign up for that on the website. And also um, in the spirit of uh, not being so much of a perfectionist and having done is better than perfect. Uh, for the month of April, I'm just going to post side hustle tips every day on Instagram because uh, I wanted to do it forever. So I'm finally just going to take the plunge in the spirit of getting it done. Uh, so that's Instagram.com slash techbizgirl. So the first tip will drop tomorrow. I love it. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited for the tips. Oh, well, thank you for joining us, <laughs> Jessica. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day and good luck with all of your projects. All right. Thanks, Martin.